Hello and welcome to Telling Stories. My name is James Trepany. This week is all Liger Week on the Trepany Show channel and Telling Stories section of the Trepany Show channel this week gives you the last days of thunder. A story I wrote for Total Wrestling Magazine when Christian Thunder Liger made his final appearance at the Best of Super Junior Tournament in 2018. So this is a tribute to the great Christian Liger, as we have been doing this all week. Myself and Ashley talked about it on the Trooping Show yesterday. We hope you enjoyed that. This is a bit more of a detailed account rather than us explaining our feelings about the great man himself. And we hope you find it informative and find out more about Jushin Thunder Liger Kiechi Yamada. Jushin Thunder Liger. First time competing here in WCW in a long, long time. I think if you go back even to Starcade of last year was his last time. But Mike, we talked about this man as you take a look. The people are right here behind Rey Mysterio Jr. What a sensation he is. We're going to handshake. But when you, you talk about men who really have a story behind them, Jushin Thunder Liger really does as he comes back into the ring here. Well, Tony, this, this bout that we're seeing is truly a dream matchup of international scope. Two men who have revolutionized the sport of professional wrestling. This is their first ever head-to-head -head meeting. I think if you look at it on paper and break it down, Liger's six-year experience edge is about the only factor that separates these two in what's a very even matchup. The last days of Thunder. When Jushin Thunder Liger wrestled his Lionel match in his last Best of Super Juniors, it was history. The one man who had been there from the very beginning was calling it a day on the tournament he had helped popularize in a style he was the world's greatest exponent of. We look back at the tournament and Jushin Liger's storied career. There is a picture floating around Twitter. It shows the New Japan Dojo class of 84. There is of course Masahiro Chono, the world's coolest wrestler, Shina Hashimoto, the destroyer, the last true king of strong style until Shinsuke Nakamura claimed that throne, and Keiji not yet quite the great Muto. Three men who filled the Tokyo Dome seemingly at will in the 1990s. The three musketeers as they were known. But off on the right, a head shorter and a lot slighter, was a young man who had changed the very nature of professional wrestling from the ground up. His name was Kiichi Yamada. Within two years, I would get to see him for myself. Having completed his time in the New Japan Dojo, he was on the road on his learning excursion. The protege of Tatsumi Fujinami, New Japan junior ace in the 70s before Tiger Mask and the Dynamite Kid came along. He was a fireball of a wrestler. By the time he got to the UK, his short back and sides haircut had earned him the nickname Frankie Stein from the Dynamite Kid, but it was another Lancastrian, Mark Rocco, who had given his first headlining feud. Rocco was a man with serious connections in the mid-80s. A long-time junior heavyweight draw for New Japan and Brian Dixon's main attraction in his fledgling all-star wrestling promotion that was taking on the joint promotions by being everything it was not while still trying to be a traditional British company. Yamada was invited and then excelled in the UK. In 1986, he would upend Mark Rocco for the World's Heavy Middleweight Championship, All-Star's main title. Between Rocco's buzzsaw intensity and Yamada's state-of-the-art offense, when they appeared on the world of sport, they blew my 12-year-old mind. New Japan had always taken its junior heavyweights seriously, and after Dynamite Kids feud with Tiger Mask in the early 80s, it became a serious moneymaker. The division had consistently strong roster, and brought in the right imports at the right time to provide enough diversity. New Japan felt it was strong enough to produce a showcase that would echo the long format tournaments it had held for the heavyweights since the birth of the company in the early 70s. 
the tournament would become the best of Super Juniors, originally top of the Super Juniors, and Yamada would be called home to participate in its inaugural edition in 1988. The round-robin format has quite a few advantages. It enables multiple story arcs to develop. It means promoters can gauge reactions from day to day. It means you can create one sustained push for a wrestler in a short burst without upending somebody else. The strength of the roster also dictates the prestige of the title, and that first year the prestige was high. Yamada had a respectable mid-table finish, but it would be Shiroka Shonaka who would defeat Hirohase in the final and go on to challenge Owen Hart for the IWGP title, setting the tradition that the winner of the tournament would get the title shot. The tournament, though, would be on hold for quite a while, and wouldn't appear again until 1991. Whilst it was away, Yamada had a makeover. He grew out the short back and size, donned a mask and a full bodysuit and became Jushin Thunder Liger, a character based on the popular anime superhero. A change of gimmick and attitude served him well, but it really was his ridiculous talent that was getting him on all the acclaim. By the time the next top of the Super Juniors rolled around, he had already invented the Shooting Star Press and was reigning and three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. He would ever lose the belt and final to Norio Hanaga. In 1992, he would not be denied. Finishing second in points and attending to perennial contender El Samurai, he would beat him in the final as the champion and declare total dominance on the junior heavyweight wrestling scene worldwide. He was creative, daring and relentlessly hard-working. He missed out in 93 and 94, would take points win, the final, and successfully defend his IWGP title. The first to be named Best of Super Juniors, it featured talents from Nuchivan, Michinoku Pro and the Wrestle Dream Factory. In fact, Liger's title win would come over Super Dolphin and Michinoku Pro. Then came the drought. After numerous health issues, a totally destroyed ankle that required a year off and a brain tumour that was equally devastating, it was obviously needed to change his wrestling style. Liger became the consummate Mac technician. After an ill-advised decision to push Liger as a heavyweight from Booker Trichichoso in 2000, Liger needed a revamp. Trading in his traditional blue or red costume for black, Liger headed up the new heel stable called Control Terrorism Unit, alongside Hiroki Goto, Minoru Tanaka, Black Tiger 4, Rocky Romero, Ghetto, Jado, and Prince Devitt. Liger excelled in this new role. He would also go through the 2001 tournament undefeated. At first, winning it for the third time. Another first and beating his stablemate Tanaka in the process. Breaking with tradition, there would be no championship match for Liger that year. Over the next few years, CTU dissolved as it dominated the wrestling landscape. Jedo and Jedo, their world-class tag team, would become the world-class booking crew, and Prince Sevet would become a junior heavyweight ace, as a face and then as a heel. Liger would not simply fade into the background, but he found his place developing younger talent, making guest appearances in Noah and tagging with Tiger Mask 4. So when the 24th tournament was announced, it came as a little surprise that Liger would announce it be his last. However, he would lose every bout save for the last one against Suzuki Un's Tai Chi, the most hated man in the company. He got more than one ovation on his farewell tour, but in taking his final bows at Kurokan Hall as the best of super junior wrestler that was most poignant, the building that nurtured him and fed his talent and who rewarded him for all these years. Three best of super junior titles is a thing that legends are made of, but he was already well on his way to being a legend before that final win in 2001. The best junior heavyweight that ever lived will go on to finally call it a day on his terms, because that's what a thunder god is supposed to do. This weekend, Yushin Liger does call it a day on his terms, and I'm so glad, unlike many of his contemporaries, he's around to do it. Thank you for listening today. Take care. This has been Telling Stories, a True Finish Show podcast. You can find us on True Finish Show on Twitter, you can find us at The True Finish Show on Facebook, and on Patreon, or you can keep the Troopany show free forever for everyone. Please go read our sponsors, Indie Empire Magazine, and of course, powerslam.tv, where 
where you can get a free month using our code MULLITWATCH. Take care and see you soon. Music by Sheriff Lone Star and the Deputies of Heartbreak. Sam and Salah Boogie, Bandcamp forward slash Sheriff Lone Star. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.